0: All right. So thank you to uh, to all of our monthly sponsors: Helena David Brenner, uh, Miriam and Avram Deutsch, and Mindy Barad, and also to our weekly sponsors: uh, Malia Nahama Garcia, Zahava Englert, and Norman Shapiro, Ashir and Svi Edelman, and, uh, and yeah, thank you to all of them. Wonderful. So we are. Uh, this is this is a really fascinating topic today, right? Last week we we learned all about. Um, how Shaul chasing David and the whole story in the cave And next week we're going to learn all about Shaul chasing David <laughs> and It's almost like a reprise But in the middle of these two very similar chapters right, We come to the story of, of Naval and Abigail okay? So let's dive in So you'll, you'll have the sources in just a moment I'm sure Michal will be here um, So the, the peric begins, you'll take my word for it via Shmuel that Shmuel died they Byikavtu kol Yisrael viyisbadulo. Everybody got together and they and they, you know, eulogized him. like Byikberu baveitobar Rama. They buried him. By Yakom David. at el Midbar Paran. And then David arose and went down to the wilderness in Paran. I'm just ah. Thank you, Micha. Thank you. I'm sorry. So there, right? When Shmuel dies. And then, and then immediately goes into the topic of our chapter, which is v'ish b'ma'on v'maaseu Carmel. There was a man from Ma'on who's lived, you know, his most of his uh, possessions were in Carmel. V'ish gadol He was very wealthy. V'lotzon chlosah alephim, three thousand sheep, v'elephizim and a thousand goats. he V'he bigzozet zonob Carmel, and he was shearing his sheep in Carmel. And who was this man? V'shem ha'ish naval. Right. He was Naval. Vishem ishto Avigail. His wife Avigail, the famous Avigail. Um, mm-hmm. Now, what, what's nice about this, right? The woman will notice, right? It doesn't say that she's beautiful first. So she's that she's intelligent. And then she's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. Right? A, a Killer combination. But what about the man? Right? He was hard, kashe, and evil, and in all of his doing, he was just a bad guy from the house of Kali, which is significant, as we'll see. Well,
1: never, and if someone is a never, right exactly Exactly. so
0: but the you know the the, given who shmuel was before we get into Naval, right given who shmuel was this seems like kind of a dry and uh you know underwhelming announcement of his death right you're talking about moshe v'aron b'choh anav shmuel b'karei shmuel was as great as moshe and aaron combined and we get one line shmuel died and everybody you know eulogized like what that's it? Like, what's going on here, right? And what's very interesting is that in the three chapters from now, we hear about it again. Shmuel mate. Shmuel died. Then everybody eulogized him, and they buried him in the whole thing. So what's going on? We're told now in chapter 25 that he, Shmuel dies, and we're told in chapter 28 that Shmuel dies. What's that about? Um, truthfully, there, three chapters from now, it makes a lot more sense because there it tells us when that Shmuel dies, and that's why Shaul is left without without guidance. He has no navi to talk to, and so instead he goes to right. He goes to the yidonim, the yovot, and the yidonim. You know the whole divination, that whole crazy chapter, which we'll get to in the future, right? So, but why are we told now about the death of, Sh- of Shmuel after the story of the cave, but before the story of Naval, right? What does that have to do with anything, right? With Naval? So one answer, where it right, says the Radak. So I said number three. See, per Shmuel, we're told now about the death of Shmuel. Kif Shmuel Now it's possible that really this is the moment that Shmuel died, not three chapters from now, but really now. And and why now? because this is right at the just before this chapter. as we learned last week. Nifrad Shaul midavid. David. Shaul had had been there with David. They had their dramatic conversation back and forth. Vinit kaiman Shmuel and the, the prophecy of Shmuel was then fulfilled in his lifetime. What was that prophecy? Ki af Shaul hodelem luchale David. Because at that moment, remember, Shmuel, uh, Shaul said, David, you will be the king. At that moment, he fulfilled the prophecy that, that now there are going to be two kings. right? And, and that's it. That, you're, that it's going to be taken away from you and given to a man who's greater than you. This is the moment where Shaul admitted it. Now, practically, was David actually the king? Not Not really. <coughs> Right? He's sort of the king in, in waiting, but, but, he, but his right to be the king is acknowledged by Sha'ul. And so in a sense, Shmuel's prophecy is fulfilled, and so Shmuel can die. So that's one, one explanation. But I find the next one to be even more compelling. Okay? This comes from the Midrash Shmuel. Shmuel, e'in in naval. This is really all about naval, Okay. We're told Shmuel died, and immediately we're told about this guy, Naval. What's the connection? says, <laughs> The whole nation is crying and eulogizing. They feel broken. Shmuel was, right, this was a nation that was completely lost before Shmuel. Shmuel came, and, and he was like their father to everyone. Remember, we learned about Shmuel, that every different tribe in Israel felt that Shmuel belonged to them, like that he was theirs, that he was, their, their, like he was like the grandpa for all of them, right? Everybody looked up to him, okay? So when they, to lose Shmuel, they're all heartbroken. The whole nation is heartbroken. And what's going on with Naval, as we'll see, right? It goes on, he's shearing his sheep. He's shearing his sheep. He's making parties. He's like having revelry because it was traditionally a time to have parties when you shear the sheep. So Am Yisrael is mourning the greatest navi since Moshe Rabbeinu, and Novel's making a party, right? He has no connection to the great mourning of Amisrael. And this is something which is incredibly, incredibly dangerous. Right? This is a big problem, a very, very big problem in, in Amisrael. We, we have many flaws, we all sin, but some sins are worse than others. Right? Not to be part of what's happening with Amisrael, not to be a part of it, is a terrible, terrible thing, right? There's a guy now, I, I, I just. Well, I certainly won't say his name, but a few of us are friends with him from high school. So uh, he was in he was in high school with me and Toby Cram and a few others, and uh, we're like don't know what to think about him. Like he's off the derech, and he's like like on the other team. So okay, off the derech is one thing. A lot of people are off the derech. Okay, not tough for me to judge, but to be on the other team, like how do you how do you handle such a person? Like I. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, like, you don't know, you don't know what to say. It's, 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 it's beyond, it's not like, I don't know, you think about the terrible sins that people commit, you know? This one uh, cheated on, on his wife. This one, you know, whatever. We do different, people do bad sins out there. I, to me, this seems like it could be worse, of, worse than all of them, right? When Ami strolls at war, not to be with your people. <clears throat> Shmuel and Avi dies, not to be suffering together with your people. There's something very, very, very broken about that. Is
1: this the Avi God? The, the, the yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. we'll see. So, and and what's interesting, there's a history here. In Sefer Yehoshua, it says <speaking in Hebrew> that Vayamat This is the end of Sefer Yehoshua. Yehoshua died. Ever <speaking in> Hashem, <Hebrew> he was 110 years old. <speaking in Hebrew> and they buried him in his the border of his inheritance in Ephraim, <speaking> in <Hebrew> to the north of the mountain of Gaash. So the so the, the measure says. They Peruopic wohl nach alata mit Rabbi Barach Rabbi Barach Rabbi Simon they say hazarnu al kula we went through all of tanakh velo matinu ma kom she there's no such place as hargash no, it
1: just means volcano <laughs> <laughs> that's, the,
0: that's the modern term the modern term so okay. do we know of any volcanoes in ephraim i mean i, I don't know or is it just the
1: word is spread up it's, uh, it's,
0: show, it's interesting, right? So it could be so it could be. This is just one explanation. Um, so they say that there really is no place called Har Mahu Har it's a hint. Right? That when Yoshua died, they didn't properly mourn him. Leharish, Gaash, Lehar That's the that Hashem wanted to completely overturn the entire world. Right, because Am Yisrael was not properly mourning for Yehoshua. They're busy with their jobs. This one's involved with his vineyard. This one's doing his coal mining, this one, whatever they're doing. And This was a terrible, terrible sin. And you think about this, right? Am Yisrael, can any Jew today be sitting around, right? Shmuel died. Forget Shmuel. How many Jews have we lost today? You right? add them all together. They're all tzaddikim. They all gave their lives for Am Yisrael. We lost, we lost uh, is it now, 1,300 right? And to, to not could anyone not? How could you not? Right? I mean, now we see, thank God, most Jews in the world, even those who are distant, are awakening to it, right? And they're having pain over it because most Jews are good people, right? We're good people, but there are those, right? So I don't think we're guilty of this sin, but this was a terrible sin in the time of Sefer Yahushua, when Yeshua died, even the mate Shmuel. So when Shmuel died, it says, Am Yisrael did Shuva, right? It's generations later; it's not the same people. But this time, they responded in the proper way. When Shmuel died, everybody mourned.
1: Who was old when he died, Yoshua. He wasn't like a. It wasn't a shock.
0: It's true, but it was. It wasn't a shock, but he was. You talk about he Why was, was like Moshe Rabbeinu Junior. Moshe Rabbeinu was the sun. Yahushua was the moon. Brandon, meaning,
1: compared to today, right. He wasn't that old, Shmuel. He was 52, No,
0: Now, Shmuel was young, but Shmuel was also, in a sense, he's greater than Yehoshua, right? Now, so maybe that, perhaps, I don't know, it's interesting. I, I, I think the sense that I get from all the learning that we did about Shmuel is that Shmuel was uniquely beloved. He would go to everyone, remember? <laughs> he didn't make people come to him. Mm-hmm. He was the one, I mean, they had such a, uni- a powerful love for Shmuel in a way that maybe they didn't have for Yehoshua, who was big and, you know, strong and powerful. Moshe Rabbeinu, was mad, but you didn't necessarily get the sense that he was warm and cuddly, perhaps, right? So maybe it was a little different, right? But, but okay, Am Yisrael responded in the right way, except for Naval, right? That's the kind of man that we're talking about. And it's a, it's a powerful teaching for all of us. So, look, this, maybe, we're, maybe Am Yisrael was a little bit oblivious before October 7th, to when Jews were here, were being killed. So there was a bit of a tie Taina. I think now we can say, you know, thank God, Amistral is mostly together and people are awake. So we should be thankful for that. But nevertheless, I had to share the, uh, the my one of my favorite poems, Phyllis McGinley. Anyone remember Phyllis McGinley? No? So she was like, she died, I think, in the 70s. She was, uh, she's just an amazing poet because I understand her poems. You can understand her poems. It's not like, you know, Wordsworth, you're not sure what he's saying, you know. So, but she has an amazing poem called Daniel at Breakfast. And this is like you see the the genius here. His paper propped against the electric toaster, nicely adjusted to his morning use. Daniel at breakfast studies world disaster and sips his orange juice. right, he's got his newspaper open. Okay, the words dismay him. Headlines shrilly chatter of famine, storm, death, pestilence, decay. Daniel is gloomy, reaching for the butter. He shudders at the way war stalks the planet still, and men no hunger, go shelterless, betrayed, may perish soon. The coffee's weak again. In sudden anger, Daniel throws down his spoon and broods a moment on the kitchen faucet. The plumber mended, but has mended ill. Recalls tomorrow means a dental visit, laments the grocery bill. Then having shifted from his human shoulder the universal woe, he drains his cup, rebukes the weather, surely turning colder, crumples his napkin up and kissing his wife abruptly at the door, stamps fiercely off to catch the 804. <laughs> He's talking about the genius here, right? The absolute genius, right? Like we, we're human, but, when, but then we, what, what are we more upset about? The coffee? We're more upset about the faucet than the far away suffering. So like I said, thank God I think uh, Jews are mostly, uh, hopefully doing tshuva for this. But, um, you know, I was preparing this a little bit over the summer and learning this over the summer While I was in Dallas, and there was a, you know, one of the Jews that I met there told me, he said, like, the only issues that our community gets involved in, when I was asking him, like, if we can get the community more involved in Israel work, I said, like, they're killing us every week in Israel. This was this year, you know, this summer. Like, what are you guys doing? We need your help, right? You're Jews in Dallas. We need your help. So he said, the only thing that people care about here are the pocketbook issues. Like, if it's, like, for money for yeshivas. Like, that's it. Right? Like somehow if like if those Jews are doing well financially everybody's okay. Right? And so he said to me this guy actually said to me he goes I have three priorities. This has been this line has burned in my memory forever. Right? I have three priorities in life. My family, my job, and Dafyomi, Right? Which is heresy. That's absolute heresy to say such a thing. How is Am Yisrael not your priority? What does that mean? Right? What does that mean? That you get like you, you're a good father and you, you support them well. And then you learn daf as many times as possible before you dropped dead of a heart attack. Like that's like that's Judaism, right? It's crazy, but I would say, but that's where Am Yisrael was, and I think that I wonder. You know, we talk about the what what were the sins that brought about October seventh, and who are we to say anything? People talk about the lack of unity. People talk about the national sins, you know, of Oslo and all these other things. I wonder. There's also an element of Am Yisrael was like had forgotten to some degree perhaps, about, about our responsibility for one another. And, and now I'm talking about the diaspora, and this was an awakening, right? I don't know that you would hear, I don't know if he would say such a line today. And he said it three months ago, but he wouldn't say it today. I, I hope and pray. So, so this, I think, is the idea of Naval Birshus HaTorah. Have you ever heard that phrase? A Naval Birshus HaTorah is somebody who, who keeps the Torah, who's from, but is a disgusting person within the laws of the Torah right meaning I'm not talking about the person who's who's you know who's actually sinning technically right I'm not talking about the person who's cheating on his wife or whatever we're talking about the person who stays within the boundaries of torah and yet is still disgusting i think based upon this teaching of nov of the Medrashmuel, shmuel what does that mean who is a novel versus Torah? somebody who keeps the torah who is not connected to and to the destiny of our people <clears throat> Right, this is like the classic teaching from a Soloveitchik, which is so beautiful. And I was, for me, it was always like a very practical thing. When you're a shul rabbi in a place like a Livingston, where you have all sorts of people walking in, you know, want to convert. Are they serious? Are they not? You know, you get all these wack, you know, wacky situations. And you're talking about conversion all the time. It's one thing you have to convert. To convert, you have to accept the Torah upon you. Right? But what does Ruth also say? It's not just right, Elo elokai, Elokaya it's like amecham you know amehami your people's my people right where you die i will die meaning that says rav Soloveitchik, is not the torah but is the destiny of the jewish people that to become a jew it's not enough to keep the torah and accept the torah upon yourself you also have to accept the destiny of amistral upon yourself and so a novel bracha satorah is like a jew who's forgotten that foundational principle of the destiny of amistral which is like and that, i never understood novel bracha satorah before because i've heard it used in many other ways you know, oh, yeshiva guy who's like, you know, who goes home and, and, and doesn't clean up the dishes and, lets his, and he's sitting on the couch watching his mom, right? Cleaning, right? That's like, that is also a little bit of Novel Bershah Satoru. It's great, you're, you're not, what do you violate it Maybe, you know, but th- this I think is actually maybe more profound, right? That's the idea of Novel Bershah Satoru. So let's get in more to Novel. by Shema David. So David comes, he's in Novel's territory and he's in the, in the Midbar. He goes, Zez Naval no." And he hears that Novel is shearing his sheep. He sends ten young men um, to, to Naval and he says to them, "Go to go up to Naval, who shall temlo bishmi shalom. right? And and go in my name, and and you know very nicely, and say to him, 'Atash shalom, itcha shalom. Hope everything is well with you. Kol she'ler shalom, warm, friendly. The atash goes a Now we know that you're sharing your sheep. Atar l'cha Now." Your shepherds have been with us. Because if, if you have a 3,000 sheep and 1,000 goats, your, your possessions are spread over a very large area, certainly in the southern desert, Judean desert area, right? In order to find enough grazing land, they need to be spread out. And so they, they've been involved with David's men, right? He has a 600 men at this point, right? He's got his men. And they, they've been interacting with each other. This is not the first time that David has interacted with Novel's people. Um so karmel and we've only had the most wonderful relations with your people. So now please ask your young men. Uh, we're coming on a on a very happy celebratory day for you, because you're you're shearing your sheep. Please, you know, give some food to your to David, to your, to, to me and my people, right? he has a lot of mouths to feed, right? And they're and they're not shepherds and they're not farmers, they're warriors, so they, they need to get food from somewhere. So they do this, they come the Naval, Vayanuhu, right, and then they rested, they they gave over their message, and Naval responds, he says, Me David venishai, Who is this David? Who is this son of Yeshai? Hayom Ishmi adanav. There are many servants nowadays that break away every man from his master. What is he referring to?
1: I would say he's referring to David before he was anointed, that he was considered like a servant.
0: So it could be, but, but um, no one knows that he was anointed. Meaning, I think very simply saying, you're rebelling against your master. You're, you're, you are deserving of death. You're going to ask me for favors and for food? You're a rebel. Shaul's chasing you all over the place. You're running around like you're in charge of your own little fiefdom over here. You've rebelled against the king of Israel. And so I'm going to take lakachti lachmim. I'm going to take my food, my bread, my water, at tivchati, you know, all the, all the, the meat that, that, that we slaughtered, right, which I did for my gozazai, for my, the people who sheared my sheep. And I'm going to give it to the natati, la nashim, emi zehima, to give to, to people that I don't know. So, veyavchu naray David come. They like, it's interesting language. They just like immediately turned around, right? And they walked right. Sometimes, you know, there's no debate. You know, this was, we're getting out of here. Um, and they go back to David. They told him what happened. Remember David? T- t- David tells all his men, get your swords. right? right, we're going to wipe this guy off the, the planet. Karbo. And they all went. David They left 200 men behind to protect the Calem, You know, all their stuff. To go kill Naval. Question. Yeah.
1: What's wrong with Naval's logic? There's a king. Ah. He's legally the king. Ah. And it's true he knows how hard his hope to David. But does that override... A potential death
0: penalty is removed from the king and, and the obligation of the king? Doesn't seem that way. So that's one thing, right? And uh, you're right. 100%, so that's one th- 100%. Also, what, I mean, you could ask the other question. Wait, David's going to go kill a guy because he didn't give him some meat?
1: Exactly. And, and Mazatomerez, right? Another question was he just going to kill Naval or was he going to kill the whole kit caboodle, the community? That I'd really... like to think
0: he was going to go kill Naval because his men got along well with Naval's men. Remember, they were all friends with each other. Right. So that's my assumption, right?
1: Was Naval just, he had his own home or was he part of a whole community? Or was
0: It seems like he's the, almost like a medieval nobleman. Uh-huh. You know, like he's uh-huh. the wealthy guy. and He's got all these guys working for him, mm-hmm. right? He's a very important and wealthy man, right? And he says, who is this David? <coughs> who do you think you are? Right, so David goes. Now, but what happens? Lavigayel eshet Naval. But Abigail, Naval's wife, right, she found out that this was going on, because the, the young men told her, and uh, right, the, the, these men told her that these men were very good to us, David's men were great to us, they were kind to us, they didn't take any of our animals, they were very appropriate, they didn't break any laws, right, nothing. Uh, not only that, they were like a wall for us, protecting us from all the bad guys out there. This is not, you know, this was the Wild West, out in the Judean desert, right? Think about a rugged Farm and the Bedouins, okay? Right? Like that's, that's not uh, so far-fetched, right? This is the kind of area we're talking about, and there are bad guys out there, and they've been protecting us all this time. Now, you should know and consider what to do, because... They knew something bad was going to happen to Naval once he, once he acted this way. So he's the only one, right? All these other guys are friends with David's men. Right? It comes something very terrible. So, uh, you know, this is really amazing. So that, that's something to keep in mind. Like thousands of sheep and goats and nothing, not one sheep was lost. That's not normal. I can't imagine that in the Judean desert with hills and mountains and, you know, you know they didn't lose one sheep, one goat. It's only possible because they had David's men. Protecting them and all around them, help, neighbors helping out, neighbors protection, and so on. And so now, when he needs help, right? He's been help. His men have been helping Naval all this time. Now, when David needs help, he asks him as a friendly neighbor would. He uses the word shalom three times: shalom upon your house, right? This is right. And so he's completely shocked. He's completely, completely shocked when he when it's when he's responded to in this way. Um, so. Novel responds by lashing out with such evil. Who is this David? Who is this man? And David's men are not used to such language, right? Because they're, who are they around? Who's their leader? A man like David who doesn't speak this way, right? Like they, they turn around because they couldn't, they couldn't, this culture of nastiness and ingratitude is foreign to the men of David.
1: It also harkens to what David experienced so much of. This idea that people, calling him Ben Yishai, the whole question about yes. his heritage, his lineage, was he a Jew, was he a Moabite, all of that, to me, it, that was all contained in
0: that. 100%, like, so we're coming sorry. to that. So, so what we find, even later, when all of this is, is resolved, meaning Abigail goes around Naval and gives all this food to David, we find at the very end, just skipping to the end, that when he finds out that, Nav- that Abigail, his wife, gave all this food to David, it says, Vayamat libo That his heart died within him. That she gave food to David, it made his heart die within him. Mm-hmm. You talk about like the essence of a miser. Mm-hmm. right? That, like to, that, that she had gone, even though she saved his life at that moment, nevertheless, his heart died within him over the, the bread and the raisins that she brought to David. Right? I mean, it's kind of crazy. Um, she says Rashi Alamincha mincha David because it pained him. Right, this is like there's somebody here. There's something here that's very not Jewish about Naval, right? even though he has very good yichus What's his ichos? Kalev. He's a Kalabi. He comes from Kalev, who's like the the glorious Nasi of, of Yehuda. You're talking about Yehuda royalty.
1: So he's one of his tribesmen. Awesome.
0: exactly hundred percent. Nevertheless, he's called so. So Kalabi means that he comes from Kalev, but says Abar Benel, um, you know, that uh, you could also say Kalabi, Kalev, like a dog, right? Mm-hmm. That there's something, um, but he says Abar Benel, number 12, mm-hmm. He was very tough in his words, and in his heart was evil. He's like a dog. He's like a dog. Dogs get very jealous. I don't know this. I don't, I'm, not into, I'm not into dogs. I, uh, I have the Holocaust thing. I don't know. It passed down to me. I, right? Pictures of dogs in the concentration camps. I, everybody in a fraud has a dog, I know. But I just can't get over it. No, um, most people, <laughs> it seems. But, uh, but I, I don't know if this is really true, but this is what the Abarbanel says. That, that a dog may have more than enough food, more than he can possibly eat, but he won't share it with another, mm-hmm. right, with another dog. That's that's novel. That's Some novel. Of
1: focusing more on his um, ugly nature, yeah. more
0: than his fear of being Morey b'malchus. Well, his ugly nature more than a technical sin, right? Because being the fear of, be- of Mori b'malchus is maybe a real fear, but like, what exactly did novel violate here? What did he do? What law did he break? He what halacha? Torah, like right. I'm saying he's brishut the Torah. So it's all, this is, that's what makes it so interesting, right? Like he didn't do anything that's so clear. And what? Yeah, no, think, think about it. It's really, it's fascinating. But, but wait, there's, a, there's an amazing connection here. Think of the letters of, of Naval. What does it spell?
1: 11.
0: Lavan. Okay, we just, we just had Shabbos Lavan. It doesn't get better than this. Okay, so now let's, what's the connection between Lavan and Naval? The same letters. So this is really wild. So just as Yaakov watched over Lavan's flocks, David's men watched over Naval's flocks. And even the same language, okay? Look at the next one. In the Parsha, we, we just, it was our partial this past Shabbos. Yaakov says that during the day, you know, I was hot and, and I was freezing at night, right? All these years in your house, I was taking, taking care of your flocks. And then what do they say? The men of Naval who, who liked the men of David, they took care of us, gam Laila, Gam Yomam. They took care of us at night and during the day. Right? One connection. Meaning and also the idea like there of no losses, right? Yaakov said that if any animal was lost, who took the loss? Me, says Yaakov to Lavan, not you. And then what do these men say? Right? right? Nothing was lost. Nothing was lost. David's men took such good care of novel sheep. And Novel's men, that not one animal was lost. Novel had no losses, just like Lavan had no losses. Because of the goodness of Yaakov and David and his men. And then in both stories, this one is the least obvious, but this is really amazing. In both stories, right, Hashem intervenes after 10 days have passed. Right, because what happens? Yaakov, Ravinu, runs away. Lavan finds out on the third day. And then he chases Yaakov for how many days? Seven. seven. Three plus seven? Seven. 10 days from the time that Yaakov runs till Lavan catches him. And what happens with Naval? After the whole crisis passes, because Avigayel, as we'll see, saves Naval's life. Ten days go by. And then Hashem kills Naval. Okay? Interesting, you no? Know? Like these little connections, these subtle connections between Lavan and Naval. And, to Lavan, in a place. <laughs> that's right, exactly. Um, so says, so the Medrash Tehillim said, you know, brings this, you know, more explicitly, he says, who Naval, hu Lavan? They're, they're the same type of person, Naval and Lavan, right? The same letters. <laughs> hu ramai, af lavan hayaramai. They were both swindlers. They were both cheaters, right? Now you can argue that Lavan was clearly at fault because Yaakov formally worked for him and Lavan did not properly pay his wages, right? Lavan broke the rules, right? Lavan was twisting and not paying Yaakov what he, was, what he was worth. But Nabal, did he have a formal arrangement with David? No. David's men were just taking care of him, of his people. But I think that's the point, right? Meaning Nabal, the man who technically <laughs> follows the laws of the Torah, is just as bad as Lavan. Is that where the term comes from? The Naval Bershus Torah. I think I think it has to be with that in mind, so right? Is his name to make that term? Meaning we find Naval in many other, I mean, I, I think I have it here, actually here, it's coming up, the next source here, we have in a few places where we, the word Naval is, means somebody of, of this type, right? He became, you know,
1: first.
0: so <laughs> Shmuel came before Yeshayahu. you know, I don't know, it's a good question, I have to see, what is, does Naval come up, where does it come up in the five books of the Torah? before something before Shmuel or is it really only in Shmuel and then onwards that's a good question um but we see it already right in Yeshayahu, lo yikarei od Linaval nadiv right a vile person like a naval will no longer be called a nadiv right somebody who's generous right like that's what we find today that's the world that we're in today people who are oh we're helping Israel and so on but really they're I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't do politics, but I always think, I think like as Biden's like you know doing all these wonderful things for Israel, he's giving ten billion dollars to Iran. Like, why do we? Like, who? It's hard to know anymore. Like, who is Naval? Who is who is Nadiv? Right. And by the way, it's true on the right wing also. I'm like, I, that's like a whole uh, world also. All these people that have been our big friends on the right wing have turned uh, into big enemies. I'm going to go be seeing them in a few weeks at a conference mm. in Arizona. I'm going to be like behind, I'm going to be there with Candace Owens and Tucker Carlson and it. Jason Whitlock, Yamach Shamo, all these people on the right, all these right wing people who have been revealed to be uh, not friends of the Jewish people. Mm. It's a big lesson. Mm. So it's not a right wing, left wing thing. Believe it, it's, it's on all sides. All these people that it pretended to be all this time right? They're Nadiv, but really they're Naval, right? Now, now, now's when we're seeing all of this, all of this coming clear, all right? So the outwardly generous, outwardly righteous, inwardly gross and stingy and nasty, that is the Naval personality. That's Lavan also. He thought he was very, very righteous. He presented himself, you, Yaakov, how dare you run away from me? And then Yaakov tears into him, right? At the end of the Parsha, rips into him. How dare you, <laughs> right? It's amazing. I feel like that's what we're doing right now. That's what we're living with now. All these morally righteous people, all these lavans and navals out in the world, you know, telling Israel how terrible we are, right? And then we're yelling and screaming back. And how do we know that that's important? Even though they don't care what we say and they're going to hate us anyway. How do you know, right? I think this is, this is the source that you should fight back on Twitter, right? That's not a total waste of time because Yaakov Avinu fights back. Now, is Lavan convinced? No, is novel convinced? Does novel change? No. But, who, but, but it's important for Yaakov. It's part of Yaakov Avinu's development. It's not a mistake that at the end of the Parsha, he, right, and he enters this week's Parsha, which is one of the most important partios in the Torah because this is when he becomes Yisrael. Part of becoming Yisrael is screaming back at Lavan. Mm. That's part of becoming Yisrael. Right? That's very significant, even though Lavan doesn't care what he has to say. So they don't care what we have to say, but we have to fight back on Twitter. For our own selves as Jews.
1: So the Shoresh, and then the Lamed, according to the Torah, shows up 142 times.
0: The ah. Yeah, in the, Ha-Mishal, Ha-Mishal, Ha-Mishal. Yeah, and the first one's in Bereishit. Mm. Okay, very wow. good. I have A hundred... difficulty, like, I, I know when the, the brothers, I know you have to go on, I, I just have one comment. But, um, when the brothers Shimon and Reuben, Shimon killed Dina, and, and Yaakov was very upset and Shimon so on, right. and he was always worried about what the world was going to say and what people were. I, every year when I go through this, I yeah. have great difficulty with it, and I understand what you're saying, and I sort of feel like Jews, we just have to do what we got to do, and and worry about the rest later. Like I think we're. I descend just, from so I descend from, from Levi. What can I say? You know, right. we this is what we do. I, like, so are we gonna, I, gonna let our I, sister be treated like a prostitute? That's my line. I don't. Right. That's my. That's my right. like. So I, like I feel like hard. I'm. Yeah, after 120 years, Hakazona ya said It should be like on might come with the grave, like you know. <laughs> right. I think that's like my, you know, so I don't know, I never I, I've never been able to... I can never yeah, wrap my head I don't know. on that. Right? Yeah, no, but, but, as
1: far as Yakov's development, we see that he becomes right. passive
0: again. He becomes yeah. passive again. Yeah. So that's why Yaakov know, doesn't remain, he doesn't remain Yisrael, it goes back and forth. Right. There's a whole Torah, isn't I there a whole Torah? I'm saying it,
1: but I wouldn't say I would use it as an example. <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> I, I mean, I, look, look, Yaakov Avinu has a point, I don't want to go into this too far, but yeah. you know, Yaakov Avinu has a point also that, and this I have to be self-aware, the Levi and Shimon's... You know, anger can be dangerous, but it's also necessary, right? Rav Hirsch talks about this, that every community, even though ya- Yaakov said to spread Shimon and Levi, they have to be scattered, doesn't, it wasn't a punishment. Says Rav Hirsch, every Jewish community, every tribe needs a few Levi and Shimon Jews to, to stand up for Am Yisrael, to be their defenders, Right, like if you put them all together in one place, right, they might explode. You can't have them all in one place. But it's not. But it doesn't mean it's a bad thing. We need a few. You need them in every community. I can tell you exactly some of these guys in Teneck or West Orange. I know the Shimon and Levy Jews, right? They've got. They're the ones with like twelve guns in their houses. You know, like I'm saying, I know those guys, right? You don't want all of them on the same block. You know, I'm saying it's maybe not a great idea, but we need them, right? So there's truth in Yaakov's approach, also, but. But uh, you're right, 100%. He switches back and forth. Unlike Avram, that is permanently Avraham, and Sarai and Sarah, Yaakov Yisrael is back and forth, and there's enormous amounts of Torah written. Why does it use Yaakov at this time? And why does it use Yisrael at this time? Because he's by the way, I find that to be – hes in that sense, he's the most relatable of all the Avos because he's the one whos you find him str- – he's like us. I mean, he's greater, infinitely greater than us. But I, I don't know. I don't always just go up there and stay up there. I come right back down and, and you know, I relate to that. So, yeah, this is uh, – you know I think this is, so I've been thinking a lot about naval what's the lesson for all of us because it's very easy to everything we said thus far is not us right it's like those other Jews right that we you know, right it's definitely none of us but then it like I, I it hit me also right in here thank you reminded me in sefer in devarim okay Halashem tikmulu zot am naval right this it refers to us as a as a as an am naval velocha chacham, a foolish people right so we can we ourselves as a nation are called naval so what does that mean we're not gross like Naval, all of us. It can't be that we're all, you know, horrible people that have no heart, you know, like 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 Naval. Says the Ramban, Am Naval Volo Chacham, it means Shah That we that they forgot the good that Hashem did for them. They forgot the good that others did for them. That already is something that's true of Naval, but that's something that I can relate to. Because I'm I'm guilty of that too, right? That I can, you know. That already I can relate to. I think that's actually a very, and that's very, very powerful because even good people can have a naval moment, right? We're not naval in our essence, but what does that mean? We can be naval too, that so we can forget the good that others did for us, right? So according, maybe you could take this approach. Maybe naval is not fundamentally evil, but he's, his evil is really in his perpetual forgetting, right? Maybe some of right? and perhaps our goodness comes from remembering as much as we can, Right? Um, and I and I, if I'm honest, right. Thinking back, it wasn't all that long ago. We were living in the diaspora, and you come on a trip to Israel, and you go to Ben Yehuda Street, and you have a froyo, right, with your uh, with your daughters, right, and you're like walking around and having a good time. Do you always remember the fact, you know, th- that there are thousands of young men and women? In you know, in very uncomfortable places and dangerous places all around the borders, protecting us as you're having your froyo and then you're going getting back in your plane and going back to Israel, going back to America, right? Could I have been guilty of that at some point? I think so, right? Right. It's very easy to forget. It's very very easy to forget. Um, you know, I think this attitude also, Rabbi Yeshua Pfeffer. I just want, you should all look up this article if you have a chance. Rabbi Yeshua Pfeffer is. Uh, He's actually the POSAIC for Israel 365, where I work, so we ask him questions all the time. Um, he's amazing. He's a big Talmud Chacham who loves Am and, and Israel and, and so on, and a Zionist, but he has a black hat, so it's perfect. Like, we needed that as our POSAIC. He's, like, the perfect POSAIC for us, but he has this very beautiful essay, like, t- geared towards the Haredi world, bring, calling them to task about the army, Right? So he's, I don't know that he's really a regular Haredi guy. He's on the edge of the Haredi world. You know, he's in Ravasher Asher Weiss, is based in Rav Asher Weiss, is already much more attuned to all of these things than the average Haredi person. Um, and thank God, this was all before October 7th. Since then, there's been a much more of an awakening, I think, with some parts of the Haredi world. But, but he talks here about estrangement from the army threatens to undermine the minimal gratitude that we owe IDF soldiers. Right, there's a, right? If, if you're a Haredi person, if you're any Jew, if you're a Diaspora Jew, and me, when I'm coming having, uh, sitting on Ben Yehuda Street and having a meal and not remembering what enables me to have this meal, right there's an element of naval in all of this. Right? The ingratitude, the forgetting. Right? That's a very deeply problematic and broken thing. So you should read this on your own. This is a really, uh, look it up online. It's a, uh, it's a very, very, very powerful. And that's how I, I got drawn to Rabbi Pfeffer, He's a Rav and Ramot. He's really, really extraordinary. And uh, for someone to write this to the Haredi world takes, uh, takes a lot of guts. Um, so, you know, this idea, novel Ber Torah, right? From a legal perspective, did I do anything wrong halachically? Did I violate halacha when I forgot about the soldiers who were protecting me? No. Did novel do anything legally wrong when he said to David that you, shouldn't, you can't have any food? No. But violating the spirit of the Torah and the ingratitude is the deepest brokenness, right? Um, and uh, and and the Gemara says right. And lohar ella al shadanu ba din Torah. Right, Yerushalayim was destroyed because they followed the letter of the law. That that tells you, you know, to be a Jew is not to follow the letter of the law technically to stay within the halacha. That's not what it's about. It's got to be much much more than that. But this, but you just brought up the point before about David's ancestry. Who are you, David ben Yishai? Right. Right. Yeah, so me, David. So there's also a personal, it's not just that novel's a, a jerk and, and an ingrate. He's also going after David personally. He says, at Who is this David that I should give him my stuff? Hallo me Ruta He comes from Ruth. Right? Everybody loves to go after David's uh, lack of yichus, right? That his that his great grandmother right. was, a, was a Moabite convert. Right. right? And the Yerushalmi says, Naval Right? Naval came from the family of Kalev. Amr Naval Late There's no one in Am Yisrael who comes from a more distinguished family than me. Mm. Right. Uh, amazing, right? All the jerks you used to know, right, whose fathers or mothers were very famous and important or big rabbis, you know, Yichas hated those people always. Anyways, my, my great-grandparents were communists. So that's like Yichas. But I was saying, this is it. Like, this is the source, right? This is why you're going to love David and right? It's not about... It's not about your yichus. Uh, he's, not, he's not important himself. Right? He himself is a nobody. Lo but also he doesn't have any yichus. The only thing, the only reason anybody knows who David is, is because he's rebelling against the king. Which is obviously a falsehood. This is the man who killed Goliath. But... In his mind, he's made himself to be the righteous one, right? He's made himself to be the righteous one. He's thinking, who's this David who comes from a Moabite princess? I come from the family of Kali. But if there's anybody in the tribe of David, who's going to be, the tribe of Yehuda, who's going to become king, it should be me. Not this nobody, right? There's so much tension underlying this. I'm not going to go through this all this. We don't have time. But... I, it really struck me, you know, I was thinking a lot about this. I've been thinking a lot about Sephardim and Ashkenazim lately, because I find that I'm really relating to the Sephardim these days. They have their heads on straight. They know exactly who we're fighting. They're just like totally right. I forgot the name of the guy, the Iranian Jew, who's like become the big thing on Israeli TV. He's like, you all of you. He's like, you, you're like, you're all eating sushi, but we're living in the world of hummus. He's like, he's like I forgot his name. I could say it's just amazing. We mentioned him before. But I'm saying the smart right? And the way, just the intensity of the anger, but of you know, the way that the Ashkenazim used to look down at the Svardim. You can read all of this in like from the '80s, the '70s, the '80s. Like so I so long that they married one another. Exactly. I'm saying so. Thank God we A lot of this were passed. I think a lot of this were passed to, to a great degree. My Chiloni my Khiloni cousins, Ashkenazi, you know, like served in the Air Force. They married like they married Sephardi women. And now they sort of do Kiddush on Friday night. It's like the weirdest thing, right? They were like anti-religious when they were growing up. They voted for Shinui, which is like the anti-religious party. We were the only ones they liked because we were family, right? Okay. But, but then their kids married sfardim So this is, you know, you see a healing process that's going on. But this is uh, the same the same underlying tensions that we had today in our time, in our generations of Ashkenazim looking down at the Sephardim and all these issues, what led to Shas and all of this history in Israel, which is so, so intense and painful and powerful. Um, this was all happening with David and with Naval. All of these things are happening beneath the surface. Okay? And by the way, this happened again in our time. I'll just say it quickly because I couldn't help my I can't help myself with these things. Number 26, Brett Stevens in the New York Times when he was talking about judicial reform. So put aside the whole issue itself, right? But what's his reasoning for why judicial reform is bad? Because it risks depriving the country of its most potent weapon, the fierce loyalty of its most productive and civilly engaged citizens. Meaning, who are the good people in Israel? Right, the people in Tel Aviv. The the tech entrepreneurs, the Air Force reservists, the world-famous novelists and doctors, that's what makes Israel like Switzerland and Singapore, right? excellence but without them if you just look at meaning who are the other ones the people who vote for Bibi, the spartic jews right those dirty spartic he doesn't say it but those spartic jews then israel's like hungary and serbia a little country insular and pettily corrupt and good mainly at nursing its grievances isn't that amazing (laughs) right so this was just a few months ago right and then jonathan tobin took him to task Right, like oh, it's like the good Jews deserve to run Israel, right, regardless of whether they're outvoted by the bad Jews. But again, put the issue aside. There's something gross there. And Brett Stevens has done a lot of good in his life. I, you know, I shouldn't. Uh, I don't want to bash him too much, you know. But uh, he's a good. He's a good man. But this was really this was a low moment for him, right? So it's this. this everybody, which is 2023, is 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 Naval and David, in our own time. So I think in, to a great degree, we're past a lot of this. We're much better now than we were 40 years ago. We should be thankful, but it's still there. We always have to be careful, right? Is that something? Okay, this is what I look, this is what I spend my days looking for. It's like, these kinds of connections. Okay, so David's reaction, number 28. David Amar So David was so angry, right? You know, surely in vain, you know, I've, I've been taking care of this and he's given me evil for good. David. Right, it's always bad when we start talking in third person, right? It says, so shush, I'm due to the enemies of David, right? I'm, I'm not going to like leave any bit of him, right, alive, and, you know, destroy him, right? So, why so David reacting, you know, so strongly, um, so says the Ralbag, right? Yeshli Pale, how could, it, it's, it, this is shocking. How could David have this plan? And he thinks that he was going to kill not just Naval, but all of his bayan. That's what I mean. I like to think yeah. that maybe not, he wasn't really going to do that, but okay. Right? But, but he wouldn't kill Shaul when Shaul was actually there to kill him. It's a, it's a little bit wacky, he right? Anointed. He was God's anointed. We could say, We could say, you can say that it's possible that this had become common knowledge, <laughs> that David was anointed by Shmuel, that it had, by this time it had gotten out. <laughs> that Now because he was talking to David in such a way, who is this Ben Yishai, that he was insulting actually a king. And if you're insulting a king, <laughs> right, then, you, then you, such a person gets killed. And this happens later on with Shemi ben Geira. that you know, this is like a real thing.
1: So there were two people, you couldn't
0: insult David and Shaul, right? Right. That we're in a world with so two Jewish you, kings. How
1: will you be a part? If you, you can't be a partisan either way? What,
0: what so it could it? be that had he said to David, no, I'm not going to feed you. I'm sorry. I'm afraid of Shaul, mm-hmm. that none of this would have happened. Right. right? But he didn't say he that. Said. He went after David. He was clearly right. personal and he was disgu- yeah. He hates David, mm-hmm. right? And there's something there which is insulting, like like Shimi ben Gary, that will come later on. Mm-hmm. Right, there is, it's interesting that there's something about David that gets people really personally pissed off, right? This happens, else, you know, in other, many times. There's something very interesting about this great man that ter- makes other people hate him so much. We have to come back to that and think about that or, because I don't know that we find this, we don't really find this with other people in the same kind of personal way, right? In the same, other, with other leaders of Am Yisrael, right? Sort of like Shmuel is the opposite. Everybody loves Shmuel, right? David, not so much. Not so much. Um, you know, so th- th- this is like an underlying theme of the story. You have David and his rise, the present future king of Israel, uh, but and all of Am Yisrael had a choice: would they recognize David as the future king of Am Yisrael, or would they fight it? Right, and as we'll see, you know Avner, all these people—they fight it. They're fighting it. They're fighting against destiny. Right, Am Yisrael, and I think the, the 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 understanding for today is we are not a normal people. It was actually beautiful. I heard uh, we had dinner last night with these women, and Ohad Tal came you know our local member of Knesset and he spoke at the, at the dinner and he's like when is amisrael going to be ready to embrace our crazy destiny right like that's really the question all of this stuff is really dependent on us yes it's hamas yes it's iran but ultimately the real drama is when will amisrael recognize that we are not normal the choice for shaul and avner and all of that that is constantly fighting against the our our destiny of, of being an unusual unique chosen nation, David represents something very different, right? And so that's our internal battle today too, right? Am Yisrael, are we, when are we going to wake up and finally, we know some people are ready, right? We're ready. Well, when is all of Am Yisrael going to be ready to embrace this unique destiny, right? The same thing is playing out in our time. The same thing, right? Avner was not a bad person. Shaul is not fundamentally a bad person, but they struggled to accept that our destiny has to be something very different and very unique. Right? It's not easy to, to let go of power, Bibi, right? It's not easy to let go, okay? So, but it's already late, but I, I wanna wanted, I wanted do a few, we have to talk a little bit about Avigail. So, Vatemaher Avigail, so she comes, she runs, she makes haste, right? I'm not gonna read through the whole thing. She comes, she gets the young men, and she, she said, brings all the food, right? We gotta stop David before he kills everybody. And, they, and she runs to cut off David. Right? And if you see, Vatemaher, Vatemaher, she's rushing, she's rushing. You go to the, you know, you go through the next several sources. And she goes and she, she comes to David and she says, you know, please, you know, my master, my master. Look how many times it says Adoni. You can count it. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11. It's like it's insane the number of times it says Adoni. Isn't that incredible? You don't have to be a great Bible scholar to notice that there's something funny going on here, right? She's like, master, master, master to David.
1: You to do your math?
0: Right, it's really, it's, it's unbelievable, right? And so she says, listen to what she said. I'll just go through it very quickly, right? My husband ho- is horrible. He's novel. Don't kill every, don't get, don't, it's him. It's not you, David. It's him. We all know it's him. Please just have mercy, right? It's not, now I'm going to, God has got to withhold you from murder, right? And this is a very big thing. This is murder, David. He's, he's horrible, but my master, if you kill him, it's murder, Right? So please, right, take this present, forgive us, forgive, forgive, forgive. Please, this man, even though this man has risen up, 29, that even though this man has risen up to pursue you, and he wants to kill you, who's that referring to? Shaul, it seems, right? Nevertheless, Hashem is with you. What is she saying? My husband says that you're nobody. You are my master. You are the king. Right? She's coming and saying very explicitly. a
1: prophetess.
0: And how does she refer to Shaul? As an Adam, that guy. Shaul is the guy, and you are Adoni. right? Isn't that amazing? She's doing the exact opposite of Naval, who is saying, Who's this, who's this nobody, this David, who dares to go up against Shaul? He's a moray, but Malchus, right? And now Abigail is saying, He's the guy, Sha'ul is the guy, and you're the master, you're the king. Right? And this shouldn't be a stumbling block before you, right? She comes to stop him from shedding blood. And, what, and how does David respond? This is the greatness of David. That even when he makes mistakes, as we know, he's willing to admit them, right? He's like the perfect husband, right? He says, "Baruch Hashem That he sent you to stop me. Blessed are you, your discretion, your wisdom, and you've kept me from killing. For murder. He admits that Avigail was right. Okay, so this is like this is really amazing, um, and David, uh, you know, says, "Go back in peace to your house." So we I, mean, I know we don't have so much time, but but who is this Avigail? As horrible as Naval is in his name, Avigail says Barbanel Av Hasimcha v'hagayl. She's like the father of uh, of joy and all good things and happiness. Right? She's so fundamentally good. And we see also the Vatemaher. What does that make you think of just a few weeks ago? Uh, Who else was Vatem? Not Sarah. uh, Oh, yeah, also Sarah and Rivka, right? She's running and running, Vatemaher, 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 right? But Rivka's like Sarah, so you're right too. Absolutely right, right? They're running. That's the sign of, of holiness is when you run to do a good deed. It's clearly hearkening back to the foremothers, right? This is the kind of woman that we're talking about. Talk about a mismatch of husband and wife, right? Clearly, they were not meant really to be married, because, right, gener- you know, the idea, like, if soulmates are not going to get into it now, but they were not meant, they couldn't have been together.
1: Because he was the opposite of Abraham, who was, you know, a
0: Exactly. The whole, it, it, didn't, it didn't make sense. And this is, as we'll see, there's a reason why. The moment Naval dies, what does Abigail do? Marries David, right? David immediately right. takes her. Right. Because this was like, it, it, this was just a technical problem that had to be removed. <laughs> this was not the man that she was meant to be with. Um,
1: I've, I've read that, that Abigail... Really saved David from. He could have not been king because of that. It was like he became. And I also read that he he was planning to kill everybody, but that he was like he was like Shaul with Nov. right? But that it could, been,
0: gonna, it, could it could have been. It could have been. A been. been. She protects. She been. saves him. Exactly. But there, the difference is that many people tried to stop Shaul. Right. He commanded his men go and kill them. Right. And it says Chazal say Avner is like. No, no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> who's the only one who would do it? Doig. It was Doig, the evil Doig. But but Shaul, when he got pushed back, he only got worse. David, when he got gets pushed back, he recognizes that he's got a treasure here, right? So I think this is actually the sign of the most unbelievable marriage, right? Mm. What do you have? because what, what is a an Azer connecto, right? The the true marriage Azer connecto. Somebody who's helping you, who's against you, right? Meaning. Somebody who really is helping you is, is has to be willing to stand up and stop you right from doing something terrible. Right? But how does she do it? By saying Adoni, Adoni, Adoni. She's a brilliant woman. Right? You've gotta butter up your husband and then get him to do what you want. Right? speak to his ego as a man and as a man who's rightfully very angry and as the next king of Israel and already sort of the king of Israel, she understood the greatness of the man in front of her and treated him with proper respect, which is essential in a marriage, right? If a man doesn't feel that he's respected by his wife, it's like the end of a marriage, right? A man has such an ego problem, right? We need to be respected. You need to feel that, that you can put up with a lot, but you need to feel that respect. So she, uh, she did that and then she... Get, but then she's able, because of that, because she disarms him and makes him feel respected, he's able to hear her, right? And then David, in, in response, is able to be the proper husband and recognize that he has a treasure, right, on his hands. There's something very, very powerful, very beautiful here. And, and we see, actually, that who are, David had a lot of problem with his, problems with his kids. But it's specifically from Abigail that he has one of his few truly extraordinary, wonderful children. Right? There's something, there's like a deep lesson here for marriage and all of this, for how to conduct husband and wife with one another, each one getting what they need, what they require from the other. Um, so I'm not going to get into the to, 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 too deep into this because we're out of time, but, uh, but there's a very profound idea here. Abigail is telling David, yes, you're the king, but you're also not the king. right? You're an in-between king. This is an unusual situation. She says, Amralo, says the Gemara, Adayin Sha'ul Qiyem. Right, so Shaul is still alive; he's still here. You are right. Your, you know, ring, right? Your crown has not yet come out into the world. So yes, you are the true king. I'm calling you Adoni. He's just the guy; he's not the real thing. But what is she saying? Patience. Right, it's not yet your time, and so you have to know that when it's not yet your time, you can't do certain things. Right, and the Gemara then continues. This is the one that you know everybody remembers that David was like so overwhelmed by Abigail's beauty and her wisdom that he chases her. Right, he's like overwhelmed by desire, says the Gemara. Um, mm-hmm. that she bared her thigh and he, and he chased her. And like, but then she said, you know, Amarla Hashmi'ili, and he says to her, like, Listen to me, and she says, le lefuka, right, quoting the Pasuk here, the simple meaning is, is that uh, you shouldn't kill Naval because it'll be bad for you. The, deep, the rabbis say that like, David really wanted to take Abigail at that moment. Mm. And she says, no, don't take me yet. right?" But it's the same idea. You're not king yet. You can't kill Naval. I'm still married. You can't take me. The same principle. Abigail is teaching David. Yes, you are the man. Yes, it is. You are Geula. You are the one. But it takes time. And you have to know and understand patience. What I, I think that there's something profound here. This is something that we feel all the time. We have to be active in Geula. We all have to be pushing. We're building and grabbing the land that we can and fighting and doing and acting, right? Because we're religious Zionists. We're not Haredi. We're not sitting and pretending that it's 1885 right now and that nothing has changed. And we're just going to sit down and learn Torah for the rest of our lives and, and not do anything else, right? We believe we have to be active, that's, right, and I think that that's the truth. David Melech, he has to actively make himself king. Step by step by step. That's what all of Sefer Shmuel is. Until only the beginning of Sefer Melechem does he become king. I'm sorry, of, of uh, sorry the beginning of Shmuel Bet does he become king. Right? All of Shmuel Aleph is this him doing, doing, doing. But we also can't, you know, it's not entirely up to us. Right? We, we don't determine ultimately alone when this ends and when, we inaugurate the era of peace and, and full redemption, right? There also has to be patience on our end. So Abigail is telling David, there's a balance, David, right? There's a balance between activism and patience. And it's a hard balance to find. David here is all about, he's like the ultimate religious Zionist, right? I'm gonna kill him, right? Like, I'm gonna go kill that Naval. I am king. I'm gonna make you right. I'm gonna push it forward until, until we get what we need, right? The activist religious Zionist. But we have to remember, says Abigail, step by step, right? We're not entirely in control of when things happen, okay? Interesting, right? Yeah. In any event, so I know it's late, um, but I'm uh, already a couple minutes over, but of course Naval dies. And, uh, and what's amazing, these 10 days after this happens, what do those 10 days represent? Anyone have a guess? Don't look at the sources. <inaudible> 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 we have Rosh Hashanah. Then our fates are in the balance of the, for the Asarasi uh, Mechuva, and then in Yom Kippur, everything is closed, right? The gates close. So, Naval had this incredible, intense moment where he almost died. His wife saved him, and he had 10 days to turn himself around. Hmm. But did he? Mm-mm. He did not, and so Naval dies. And Lavan did. Right? And so, Lavan. And Lavan did. Well, it's interesting. Lavan turns around, then we never hear from Lavan again. So I don't know. We don't really know what happens with Levan, mm. But it's a good point. It's a very good point. Um, but the last thing we don't really have time to go through here, though, is, is, uh, is they, have one, they have a child. The only one child that we're told of, David and Abigail. Because, of course, David marries Abigail. And if you look at Kilav, Kilav is an amazing person, right? He's, yeah, he's, the he's, friend, a, he's on the list of, the Gemara says, of the four people who never sinned yeah. with Binyamin and Amram and like Yishai, these people. Holy, holy people. Their son was Kilav. And also, what do we not find with Kilav? right when david is dying and all the sons everybody avshalom adonia everybody's trying to like become the king and shlomo ultimately you know wins he's the chosen one where's kilav right he's older kilav was a great holy tzaddik how come he's not why is he not pushing himself in there cuz he's the son of avigail the woman of patience I reckoning right she's the other half of david david is the activist and avigail comes and says hashem has a plan you got to wait. Kilav is the son of Avigail. He says, if I'm meant to be king, I'll be king. I don't need to go and, and try and kill my brothers in order to become king. We need both of these forces in Amisrael. Sometimes they come in one person. Sometimes they come as a husband and wife, right? We have the, we have the different forces. Avram Avinu needed Sarah. Without Sarah, you get Yishmael, right? Without the Azer Konegda, without your proper other half, right? You're not going to have the child that you need to have. So in any event, and we'll stop it here, but... Uh, So many lessons from all of this for all of us today. And uh, God willing, so we'll continue one more week and then we'll probably have have a few weeks off for Hanukkah and I'll be traveling and so on. So look forward to uh, next week.